0: So what is that one motivation for truly good works? Well, that would be to find out to hear in the gospel that God has already given us everything we could ever want. By Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave, we've been reconciled to God, brought back into this relationship with God, whereby God is now caring for us now and for eternity. God is giving us everything. Everything that is truly good already because of what Christ has done for us. That's the word of the gospel.
1: 500 years ago, Martin Luther would gather around the kitchen table with friends and theologians to talk about the Bible, theology, current events, and anything else. These discussions were called Table Talks. No matter what the question, the conversation's always centered around Jesus and His promise of the forgiveness of sins. Table Talk Radio takes up the conversation, bringing the promise of the gospel to our lives. Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio.
2: Greetings and welcome. Thanks for tuning in Table Talk Radio today. I am Evan Gigline, and my co-host is Pastor of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. Hello, Evan. Today is a special day for Table Talk Radio because yeah, this is
3: fantastic.
2: We are, uh, this is our first day with our brand new affiliate, KRKS AM 990 in Denver, Colorado. So we are happy to uh, have them join the Table Talk Radio network. So, Welcome to our Colorado listener. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, Table Talk Radio is, I think, the one and only theological game show. And uh, we, we, <laughs> play, right. we play games like this one. Uh, Pastor Wolfmuller in thirty seconds tell us about Table Talk Radio. Go. <laughs>
3: Well, Table Talk Radio is, uh, you You said it already, it's a theological game show. We're, we're Lutherans, I'm a Lutheran pastor, and Evan is a Lutheran seminarian, and so we have a particular uh, Lutheran theology. And And the advantage of Lutheranism is that it expounds the gospel of Jesus with such a marvelous and fantastic clarity. So we try to play a number of games to bring the clarity of the gospel out. So we have uh, games like Law and or Gospel, Name That Theologian, Table Talk Jeopardy, and the game that we're going to be playing today after a little while, while, Iron Preacher. That's right. we try to have fun as we do it. We don't take ourselves too seriously, but we take our theology very seriously. So uh, we're glad to have you all along for the ride, and we hope you enjoy the show. That's right. Thank you for tuning us in.
2: Also, uh, another little thing that we do on every show, we started this a few weeks ago, is theological buzzwords. And this is where Pastor Wolfman and I give each other theological buzzwords, explain what they mean, and then the other person has to work in their buzzword throughout the course of the show. And so, Pastor Wolfmuller, my theological buzzword for you is audiophora, Uh which, uh, <laughs> and since we're playing Iron Preacher later, you're going to have five minutes to get this in. Um, but audiophora means basically neither commanded nor forbidden in the scripture. So when we talk about things like, uh, must we use organs uh, in church? Well, the Bible, it's audiophora. The Bible doesn't command it, nor does it uh, forbid it. So that's audiophora.
3: Very good. I have for you today Evan a very easy one. It is resurrection, which is simply the reuniting of body and soul together. So resurrection, it can you can even use this to speak of our resurrection on the last day or the Lord Jesus resurrection, uh, either way you like it.
2: Ooh, I've got so many options here. Well, uh, our first game then up first is law and or gospel and we have a special guest in studio for this for this, uh, th- this game, it's uh, Dr. Carl Frickenscher, He's professor of homiletics at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Welcome, Dr. Frickincher.
0: Great to be with you again, Evan
2: and Pastor Wolf Mueller. Okay, this game, Law and Our Gospels, where we read a Bible verse or a quote or something like that, and then we talk about whether this is law or gospel. Pretty, pretty easy. But, Dr. Frickincher, we're going to have you explain the rules to law and gospel,
0: and uh, how is it that one determines whether something is law or gospel? Well, of course, it can be complicated depending on a context and a situation. But in very simple terms, the law is everything that God commands us to do or prohibits us to do. When we think, for example, of the Ten Commandments, «Thou shalt not kill», «Thou shalt not steal», and so on, these are obviously things that God says we, we must not do. And we also should understand that in the commandments, God has things implied that we are to do. When we say thou shalt not kill, we're also saying that we should love our neighbor in his body. We should help and befriend him in all of his bodily needs. We, we should be helpful to him and love him in all the ways that a commandment might imply. So when God tells us thou shalt not do this or thou shalt do this, whether he says it in quite those definitive terms or or, uh, sometimes more gently, that would be his law. The law is always for us to do. Uh, On the other hand, the gospel is what God has done and continues to do for us in Christ Jesus. When Christ Jesus died on the cross, he took away the sin, which was our failure to keep those commandments. And as a result of taking away that sin, now God continues to shower down upon us all kinds of blessings, Ultimately, of course, eternal life in heaven, but also his care for us every day. And all of those things that God is doing for us uh, of that nature, all those things that he does to bless us because we've been reconciled to him in the death of Jesus Christ is the gospel. So the, God, uh, the gospel is always going to be God at work on our behalf. Well, there's
2: a pre- I don't think we've ever had such a, a clear explanation of the rules of law and our gospel before.
3: Because you were always explaining them? Right.
2: (laughs) Well, this is the part of the (laughs) game then where we throw either Bible verses or quotes at Dr. Fikensher. So, Pastor Wolfman, I'll let you do the honors first. Let's play Law and or Gospel.
3: The very first verse we have today is Romans 3, verse 10 and 11. Paul writes, It is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God.
0: Well that would clearly be law because there St Paul is reflecting God's own words that say we have all failed to keep God's commands when he says none are righteous no not one it means that every one of us has fallen short of what God commands us to do when God tells us that we have sinned that we have fallen short that's clearly law That's Very right good. 200 points for Dr. Ferkincher 200 all right.
3: table talk radio points
0: all right, which I can spend or use anytime I want in a free spin on the wheel, all right? You're there in Evan's dorm
3: room. You can have anything you see.
0: <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll work on it.
2: He doesn't have much to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my, my law gospel entry for you is actually in the form of a song. All right, let's and, hear it. And um, here it is.
0: Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear.
1: Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. For
0: the Father up above is looking down and love So be careful, little ears, what you hear Oh, be careful, little hands, what you
1: do
2: Now, we've talked about getting a webcam in our studio, and I wish we had it today because Joshua Kincher is <laughs> actually uh, doing the hand motions. I, that. Absolutely.
0: That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right.
3: Evan's been playing children's music to help attract the uh, the other seminarian or the uh, the deaconesses up there, all, all the ladies around. <laughs> ah, uh-huh. You know, some guys try to carry their nieces and nephews around. And <laughs> right. Evan's right. got children's music
0: going. That, that, that's, that's, that, that, that works uh, in many situations, I am told.
2: It's been blaring in the dorms this week, too. I don't, I don't know. It's not working, though. Okay. All
0: right, Dr. Kinscher, uh Law and
2: or Gospel.
0: Well, that uh, particular song has long been a favorite of mine, uh, which is why I was uh, enjoying the hand motions there so much. Um, uh, unfortunately, it's been a favorite of mine as kind of an example of, uh, of, a, of a, a confusion of law and gospel. Uh, when we confuse law and gospel, that, that's saying we've got a problem here. Uh, When we talk about being careful what we hear, being careful what we do, that is law. God warns us against stepping into uh, sinful activities, transgressing, we could say, crossing over, uh, stepping out of what God wishes us to do, uh, and doing those forbidden things. Uh, That is law. Um, the the problem that comes in in that particular song is when we hear the Father up above looking down in love. The in love, of course, implies to us a wonderful gospel because the it, it is God's love for us that moved him to send Christ Jesus. It's his love for us that, that move, moves him because of Christ to forgive all of our sins. But... When we use that love of God in a way that would seem to imply that you better not sin because God loves you, that really is confusing law and gospel. Uh, so we, we have God's gospel implied when we speak of law, but unfortunately when we confuse law and gospel, as in this case trying to use the gospel in a way that would make us feel badly if we sin. Uh, that always results in the gospel being lost and the law being piled up. Um, so I would say, unfortunately, that's that's law, uh, but uh, not uh, not really speaking law the way God would like us to speak the law. Well, you've seen how the
2: professionals do it. Now it's your turn to try it at home. We have what we call on Table Talk Radio a listener participation game. It's where we give you a verse and you tell us whether it's law and our gospel and i will tell you how to do that right after pastor Wolfman gives us the verse
3: the ga- the verse for the game today is john 1 john chapter 3 verse 1 which says behold what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of god all right is that law
2: and or gospel you can let us know what you think by calling our toll free number 866851 5523. Leave your name and a way to get a hold of you and your answer. Or you can email us, LPG, for listener pr- participation game, LPG at tabletalkradio.org. Uh, the prize in the line is a pocket version of the Book of Concord. The Book of Concord, of course, is the uh, collection of uh, the Lutheran confessions um, uh, as collected uh, throughout uh, throughout history. Um, so the Book of Concord Pocket Edition is at stake here, LPG at tabletalkradio.org or
0: 1-866-851-5523. Iron
3: I think Preacher- I'm going to call with the answer because I don't have one of those little additions
0: yet. <laughs> I don't either, and I would like one a lot. In fact, if that's one thing I can look around Evan's room and find and claim, I, I'll do it. That could be it. All right, we'll be right back. We're going to play Iron Preacher right
2: after this commercial break.
1: Iron Preacher! Hi-hi! Oh, be careful little feet where you go. Oh, be careful little feet where you go. For the Table Talk Radio, where theology meets immaturity.
2: Did you know you can advertise on Table Talk Radio? Get the word out about your event or conference, or inform them about your product or service. Sponsors of Table Talk Radio are played on all of our affiliates and are permanently placed on our podcast at tabletalkradio.org. For more information, leave a message at 866 851 5523 or email me Evan at tabletalkradio.org That's 866 or Evan at tabletalkradio.org And now) Returning the to the, the pulpit, pulpit another for another Iron Preacher showdown, another showdown. with three showdown. wins, one, one loss. Win. The 511 Preacher win. from Hope Lutheran, Lutheran, Lutheran Church in Aurora, Aurora Colorado, Aurora, Pastor, Pastor Brian Wolf Mueller, and in the red corner, and the making his iron, iron Preacher Android, debut. Iron. From Holy Trinity Lutheran Lutheran Church in Haysandah Heights, Heights, California, Pastor Bill (laughs) Sweron! Iron Preacher is judged by Dr. Carl Fikensher, professor of homiletics at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Iron Preacher is a homiletical game to demonstrate what should be at the heart and center of every sermon. These men are trained professionals, and this should not be attempted at home. (laughs) Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're playing Iron Preacher, and how this works is we give two preachers, and you heard them, Pastor Brian Wolfmiller and Pastor Bill Swirla. We give them a text, and uh, they have 10 minutes to work on a sermon outline, and then we'll come back from the break, and they will preach it. So let me read the text, and uh, they can get started on their sermon. And their text is Matthew 16, verses 24 through 28. The text reads like this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? or what if a man gives ex- or what does a man give in exchange for his soul for if the son of man is going to come in glory of his father with his angels and will then repay every man according to his deeds truly i say to you there are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death until they see the son of man coming in his kingdom so that's your text the preachers go ahead and start working on your sermons and you have uh, just just under 10 minutes to complete that in the meantime, we get to talk to a professor at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Dr. Carl Ferkenscher. He's a professor of homiletics at Concordia Theological Seminary, and we're going to talk about sermon writing. Now, uh, Dr. Ferkenscher, we spent this last game on Table Talk Radio playing law and or gospel, that, uh, where we distinguish which passages are speaking of, of the Lord's uh, wrath for sin and his, his demand, and also those passages which speak of, of the forgiveness that's found in Christ. How does the distinction between law and gospel play a role in preaching? Well, we would really
0: say that it plays the most crucial role of all because, obviously, our job in preaching is to proclaim God's word as God himself gives it to us in Holy Scripture. And if we look at the scriptures, we find that throughout the scripture, really on every page, every verse, God is either preparing us for a Savior, that is, showing us our need for a Savior by the law, showing us what we should do, what we shouldn't do, and how we have failed to obey that law, or he is giving us the word that Christ himself is that Savior, by his death and resurrection, and all that that entails. So if our job is to proclaim the scriptures as the scriptures themselves speak in preaching, then certainly we want to do what the scriptures do, which is to proclaim law and gospel. Uh, Always the law and the gospel, as God has given us to them in scripture, have the hearer or the reader in mind, because God's word is never just a, a, a sterile set of letters or words on a page But rather, it is always God speaking directly to us, to us human beings, in our need, showing us uh, what we are without him, our our desperation, our lostness, and then answering that by announcing that he has sent Christ to save us. This is precisely what all of our hearers in preaching need to hear. And therefore, uh, when we design a sermon, we always want to look at the text and consider what in the text is showing us our need, the law and how God is answering that need, and then apply it specifically and very uh, concretely to our to our hearers. So we would really say that law and gospel are the fundamental building blocks of preaching, simply because they are the, the things that God gives to us as the basis in Scripture.
2: Now, uh, when I've talked to people uh, about this, and I, I think you probably know this too, uh, people said, okay, that that's fine for maybe evangelistic-type preaching, but this isn't kind of the kind of preaching, this Christ-centered uh, G- Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. This isn't the kind of preaching that needs to be every week. I mean, there's more in the Bible than just justification. How do you respond to something
0: like that? Well, if we think of law and gospel in too narrow a set of terms, one probably could make that case. But that's not at all the way God speaks to us in Scripture. Uh, when we look at what what God says in Scripture— Why, of course, he has word after word after word about what we, who have been redeemed in Christ Jesus, have been brought to faith in Christ, are to do. There's no question about that, and that is something that we are to preach. But when God tells us what we as believers in Christ are to do, how we are to live out this holy new life, what is that but showing us that God's commands for us? Now, it's not to to say that believers aren't delighted to know what God wants us to do. We really are. The, the new man, the new woman inside us that comes into existence when we're brought to faith is delighted to know God's law, but needs to know God's law. What's more, in each person who is a believer in Christ, there continues to be an unbeliever who rebels against God constantly. And that unbeliever in us needs to be told that he continues to be uh, an enemy of God, so that... When God then answers us with the message of Christ Jesus, we will be eager to hear it. What's more, and this is very important when we talk about uh, preaching to believers and to their sanctified life, there is only one true incentive for doing good works. Now, we could get anyone, believer or unbeliever, to do things that are apparently good. We would call them civilly righteous, civil righteousness, uh, that is, not to steal or, or to faithfully pay taxes or even uh, give generously to charities. That can be achieved in, in anyone by simply telling them this is what you should do. Because we, as selfish people, find incentive that is that is selfish in in doing what society honors. Uh, if, if we, uh, for example, give to charity, people applaud us, and even the the uh, the unbeliever inside us likes to be applauded. But anything that we are doing uh, as a result of selfish motivation to receive. Uh, that acclamation by others, or to avoid punishment by avoiding certain bad things we ought not do, is not truly a good work. A good work can best be summarized as loving God, loving neighbor. And if we're doing something for ourselves, whether to gain honor or to avoid punishment, it's not loving God, loving neighbor. It's only serving ourselves. So what is that one motivation for truly good works? Well, That would be to find out to hear in the gospel that God has already given us everything we could ever want. By Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave, we've been reconciled to God, brought back into this relationship with God, whereby God is now caring for us now and for eternity. God is giving us everything that is truly good already because of what Christ has done for us. That's the word of the gospel that assures us what we have in Christ. And when we realize from the gospel that we already have every good thing, then we are set free from trying to add to what we have by our own good works. Now we're set free instead to use our time and our energy to help the next person, to love our neighbor and to love God. So even for motivating the Christian who already knows he has eternal life, to do good works, to do those things in this life that God wishes to see us do, continues to require the gospel. We still need to hear that wonderful motivation of what Christ has done for us on the cross uh, if we are to do anything that is truly good. So the law and the gospel continue to be relevant in preaching every sermon, every Sunday, not only Because there can always be, in our congregations on a Sunday morning, someone who has never heard the message of Christ before and needs it for salvation, but also for us who already are believers to keep us in faith, keep us believing in Christ Jesus, and even to motivate good works. With just a couple minutes left, let's
2: check in with our preachers. First with the challenger, Pastor Bill Swirla. How's the sermon sermon preparation going so far? Cricket? Cricket, Okay, he's probably put Hello? the... F- Hello. Uh, how's, how's the sermon going? I put speaker
4: speakerphone. I'm working here. What?
0: <laughs> Th- this this is another going, another ploy to put the challenger wo- disadvantage. You
4: woke me up. You woke me up early. I'm, I'm working with one hand tied behind my back here. <laughs> it's going it's going great. Okay. It's going great. I was listening. I was taking in everything Doctor Fakenture said and have incorporated it into my sermon. So uh, was, that's wise. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> all right, and then Pastor Wolf how is your sermon? We're plugging
3: going? along here. We're plugging along. I'm, uh, the iron preacher's a bit rusty, but I think I'm shaking off the cobwebs, so we're we're doing all right.
2: It's been a while. All right, we have a, just a little bit of time left, so can, to finish up, guys, uh, Doctor Frickenthal, just about a, a minute to respond here.
0: Um, I'll throw in one more thing. Okay, go ahead. About the quality of sermon, and that is, it also I would say is very important in conveying that long gospel that we're looking for to see to it that our sermons make a point. Uh, That's true in almost any form of human communication. And certainly when we have something as important as Christ's death and resurrection for our salvation uh, as the object of what we're preaching, we want to be sure that one way or another we convey that magnificent message a way that's unique to this particular text a way that is uh, uniquely adapted to our particular congregation, but that one message in a clear, definitive point. And usually that can be summarized in in one sentence that capsulizes everything we're saying for the entire duration of the sermon. And that
2: about expires our time for the sermon and preparation of Iron Preacher. So the preachers need to stop, and we are going to go to a commercial break and come back and listen to these sermons. Uh, while why why you're at this commercial break, visit our website, tabletalkradio.org, and listen to some of our past shows uh, or comment about this show on our forum located at tabletalkradio.org. We'll be right back after this commercial break to listen to these sermons from the Iron Preachers. In the early 16th century, there was a man named John Tetzel, who is remembered for his selling of indulgences to fund the construction of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. He said, as soon as the coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs. Luther, of course, combated this teaching, saying that the indulgence wasn't even worth the paper it was written on. We at Table Talk Radio want to give you something of equal value. For every dollar you donate through our website, Tabletalkradio.org, we will send you one Tabletalk radio point. With this certificate of pretend Tabletalk radio points, you'll be reminded that the points on Tabletalk radio are like the treasury of merits to your salvation. No help whatsoever. Get your pretend Tabletalk radio points today by clicking the donate button on our website, Tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're in the middle of playing Iron Preacher. And uh, our challenger for Iron, Iron Preacher, Preacher is... Pastor Bill Swirla, pastor of Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in High Santa Heights, California, and he is going to give us the five-minute rendition of his sermon prepared on uh, based on Matthew sixteen twenty-four through twenty-eight. And Pastor Swirla, you have five minutes, and you'll hear a thirty-second warning. So, whenever you're ready, you may can, you may start your preaching.
4: In the name of Jesus, Amen. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits? his life. Profits and losses, those are on our minds these days. Bankruptcies filed, 401ks are in the tank. The balance sheet doesn't look good for us, and we are desperately in need of a bailout. If you look into the books of the law, the balance sheet looks even worse for us. We're revealed to be debtors before God and debtors before one another. Just look at the commandments and realize that you owe at every point. You do not fear, love, and trust in God above all things. You do not love your neighbor as yourself. We are revealed to be adulterers and thieves and liars and scoundrels, and if the, if the truth were told and if the balance sheet were run today, we'd be so horribly in debt that God would, God would be justified in sending us straight to debtor's prison, which he calls hell. So what do you do? What do you do when the books are against you? What do do you do when the losses outweigh the profits and there's no hope of return? You do the one thing that will help you in, in the face of your creditors. You declare bankruptcy, spiritual bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is the equivalent of dropping dead, to letting go, to basically saying you are dead to this world and dead to yourself and dead to God, And there's nothing that you can do in putting yourself at the mercy of the court. Best thing in the world to do. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That is a declaration of spiritual bankruptcy, dropping dead to yourself. You are nothing. God is everything. You have nothing to offer. You're a beggar. God has everything to give and more. Deny yourself. Deny who you are. Deny what you are before God. You are nothing but a sinner. And that's okay, because this court is delights in sinners, this court that God reigns over delights in bailing out the bankrupt. Take up your cross. That is your death. We're not talking ingrown toenails or sniffles here. We are talking your death, because I'll tell you, crosses inevitably kill. Take up your death, meaning drop dead to your life and let Christ be your life, because he is your life. And Jesus says, follow me. Not do what I do, follow me. That is, follow me through my death and on to my resurrection and ascension. And I will bring you safely through that dark valley. I will take you through, through your tomb. I will raise you up from the grave, and I will glorify you at the right hand of God. I will do it because you cannot. You're dead. I'm alive, and in me you live, too. You see, my friends, Jesus is the ultimate bailout. Unlike the government, which has to print money to bail us out, Jesus deals in the real hard currency of his death and resurrection. He becomes our sin for us who knew no sin, takes up our death, and takes us through the grave to give us eternal life, now in this life through faith and forever. And for, for that reason, the only way out of, this, the spirit, you know, out of this spiritual debt of ours, this, this uh, hole that we've dug ourselves by our sin and our rebellion, is to declare spiritual bankruptcy, to let go. The biblical word is repent. That is to drop dead to who we are and let Christ be our life, our resurrection, our forgiveness, our holiness, everything that we seek for. The ultimate bailout is there in the death and the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen.
2: With time to spare even. All right. Oh, man. Where do we find these challengers? (laughs) I think you have your work cut out for you today. (laughs) But before that, we want to turn to Dr. Kincher for your critique of Pastor Bill Swirla's sermon.
0: I, I'm just hoping that Pastor Wolfmuller is not cheating by adding on or typing off what he's just heard, because <laughs> that, that, uh, that, that's quite a challenger there, uh, quite a, quite a challenge know. for the iron preacher. Uh, that was a, a marvelous 10-minute uh, preparation for a marvelous uh, 4 and a half minute sermon. Uh, I, I think that it, it did all the basics very, very well. First of all, it was highly textual. It took this text, and it took a key passage from the text, verse 26, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul, and answers it uh, beautifully with taking up his cross, recognizing our, uh, our uh, dropping dead from verse 24. So first of all, it was very, very textual. Um, secondly, and I guess I'm kind of going in not necessarily the order of importance, but secondly, uh, it was wonderfully applied to today's situation. The whole idea of bankruptcy and bailouts is so very much in the news. Uh, and not only does that serve as an excellent illustration, uh, because it's something we read about, but it's an excellent application when we think about the personal crises that many people find themselves in. Now, Jesus certainly here isn't giving us the Uh, the bailout, the fix-all for our personal finances. But when people are facing things like financial crises or illnesses or other sorts of, of life situations that are very challenging, it certainly does bring to their awareness how desperate they really are. And although God's answer isn't, I promise to fix your finances, it certainly is that in whatever crisis you're experiencing right now, yes, also including your finances, I am going to be with you because I've been reconciled to you in the death and resurrection of my son. Uh, what it also does, of course, when when this kind of uh, very fine application that Pastor Swirla offers shows us our desperation, it prepares us eagerly to hear how God is still going to help us. And, and so the application and illustration, very, very current, very, very concrete. That's another real strength of this sermon. Uh, the, the greatest strength, of course, is that it declared the cross clearly and explicitly and in very colorful terms. I stress to my students that the cross must be declared in every sermon. It's, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2, what it's all about. Nothing I knew among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. The cross is everything that the the message of the scriptures can be summarized as, and therefore it must be the, the point of every one of our sermons. However, we always seek to proclaim the cross in a way that is unique to the particular text and the particular situation of our hearers. In other words, we don't just uh, recite Jesus died for your sins so you get to go to heaven as a mantra over and over and over again, which would cause it to lose the vitality that God gives us to that message in Scripture. Instead, we want to proclaim it the way the Scriptures do, which is a multifaceted proclamation of gospel. And Pastor Swerla did that wonderfully when he talked about God being the ultimate bailout and compared it wonderfully to the government. Unlike the government which we hear about so much stepping in in the auto industry and so on, and offering a kind of a bailout, which really is superficial and really isn't going to solve the problem, God's ultimate bailout is by the death of Christ Jesus on the cross. And as we repent, as we drop dead, as we admit that we are debtors, uh, that we ourselves are bankrupt in every way, the cross of Jesus Christ picks us up, restores us, forgives us, brings us back into that relationship with God by which we have eternal life and that caring, that, that, that relationship of caring with God, even in all the, the crises that we have today. Th- those are some, some very, very uh, significant strengths in the sermon that Pastor Swirla gave us.
2: We, uh, we have about uh, three minutes left. Pastor Swirla, can I ask you a question about the text? At, yep. at, at the risk of giving some information to Pastor Wolfman for his sermon. But, <laughs> he's, he's
4: still working on his sermon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but verse verse 28 this, in this, this text. Game
4: favors the home team. There's a serious home court
2: advantage. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the pencil is down uh, in Aurora, Colorado. Tis, tis. Um, okay. Uh, Pastor Swerler, verse 28 says, Truly I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. With just about two minutes to respond, can you, can you talk about that that verse a little bit?
4: I think it's it's simply a hinge to the next um, the next episode in the gospel, and that is, uh, is Matthew seventeen. After six days, uh, six days after he said this, uh, he took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up to a high mountain, and he was transfigured before them. And so, so those, those are those three are the some of them who. Uh, uh, would not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So in other words, that, that they would see him uh, with his, at least as, as full of glory as they could bear uh, of, of his, uh, his glory as the Son of Man. So I, I, I think it's a hinge to, and I always preach it that way, it's a, a hinge to the next episode.
2: Yeah, Well, very good, uh, wonderful sermon. And uh, after this commercial break that we are going to go uh, listen to Pastor Wolfmuller's sermon on the same text, and will it contend with Pastor Bill Swirlas. <laughs> You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We do want to hear from you. We always welcome your comments or questions. You can email them to questions at org or call us on our voicemail system 866-851-5523. Uh, Table Talk Radio is listener supported. If you can help us out with this Uh, radio program please visit our website tabletalkradio.org and there's a donate button there i think there's some tabletalk radio points involved for all those who support tabletalk radio we'll be right back (laughs) for more tabletalk radio right after this commercial break Hi, this is Evan Gigline. We at Table Talk Radio are concerned with the proclamation of the gospel for the salvation of the world. With this includes the expansion of Table Talk Radio. We would like to have Table Talk Radio broadcasted on as many radio stations as possible to proclaim the life and work of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all sin. But we need your help. Many radio stations across America allow religious programming in their lineup on a particular day, usually Sunday mornings, providing the programs pay for their airtime. Perhaps a radio station in your area would be willing to play table talk radio, and a local business or church would be willing to help support the costs incurred. If you would like to discuss this possibility in your area, please call our toll-free number 866 866- Leave a message and I will personally return your phone call promptly to discuss this possibility. Thank you for your consideration in expanding Table Talk Radio for the sake of the gospel. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio in the middle of playing Iron Preacher. And we're left to the Iron Preacher sermon. And uh, Pastor Wolfman, you're up. You have five minutes and you'll hear a audible warning at 30 seconds. Here you go.
3: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Lord Jesus says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Amen. The mark of the kingdom of God is the cross this is astonishing because the mark of every other kingdom every other world religion every other system that man has to try to redeem himself is the very opposite of the cross every other religion every other ideology every other system that man would put himself under is is trying to do all that they can to escape suffering and yet jesus is different Jesus is a a God like no other. Christianity is a religion like no other. Rather than pulling us out of the world, he sinks himself down into it, into our flesh. Instead of coming to rescue us from suffering, our God comes into the midst of our suffering to suffer for us and to suffer with us. Instead of obliterating sin and wiping out all the causes of sin and death and suffering, He comes to bear the punishment for our sins. So it is that the very center of our faith is the suffering and death of God, the cross of Jesus. And this is His kingdom the kingdom that doesn't uh, strip us away from our suffering like the the Buddhist would say, a kingdom that doesn't uh, try to uh, undo sin by personal effort like every works religious system that's out there, But but a religion that forgives sins, a kingdom that gives life in the death of Jesus. So it is that we are to understand this when Jesus mentions that if anyone is to come after him, he is to deny himself and take up his cross and follow him. This is the first mention of the word cross in the Bible. And the stunning thing about it is that it's not the cross of Jesus that's mentioned, but rather the cross of the disciples, We have to imagine that when when they hear these words for the very first time, that it must have hit them like a ton of bricks. Take up your what? Take up your your cross? That doesn't sound like any call to discipleship that I've ever heard anywhere. Every other uh, kind of discipleship would be running away from the cross and running away from suffering. But here we have it in the words of Jesus. No, take up your cross and follow me. Because if the cross is not below the dignity of God, if it is not below the dignity of God to come into our flesh and into our sin and into our death and suffer for us, then certainly it is not below our dignity to suffer as well. For where Jesus goes, his followers go. If he suffers, we suffer. If he dies, then we too will die. And we know that in the midst of all of this suffering, that he is with us. So, dear Christian, take heart. You are given crosses to bear. They come from your heavenly Father who loves you. And these crosses do not separate you from him, but rather mark your closeness to him, even your unity with him. For just as Jesus suffered and died, so you suffer and so you die. But even as Jesus rose from the grave and lives and reigns now at the right hand of the Father, So you, too, will have newness of life. In the name of Jesus, amen. All
2: right, another sermon with time to spare. Um, Will it be good enough to defeat the challenger, Pastor Bill Swirla? Let's listen to Dr. Fikinscher
0: first. Again, that was a marvelous sermon, and and, uh, it's the sort of thing that uh, is is truly remarkable in terms of the the, uh, spontaneous preparation. Uh, again, a number of things that were very, very strong. Interesting that uh, Pastor Wolfmuller took a slightly different uh, emphasis from the text. Both of the sermons were very textual, but w- while uh, Pastor Swirla focused primarily on uh, verse uh, 26, uh, Pastor Wolfmuller focused primarily on verse 24. If anyone wishes to come to come after me, then him deny himself and take up his cross, and follow me. Uh, it's tough when a preacher is working through a text on a, a more reasonable time frame to find the uh, thematic center of a text. Very, very difficult on such a sh- short period of time as this. But I would say both of those emphasi- emphases are viable as possible centers of this text. Uh, in uh, Clearly the cross is what the text is ultimately about, and so the question is, how do we go about proclaiming the cross? I thought that uh, Pastor Wolf Mueller's comment was extremely interesting when he said that this is the first mention in the Bible of of the cross. The death of Christ, the suffering of the promised Messiah, is certainly as old as Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. But it is true that throughout the Old Testament, the cross was not in play as a viable possibility because it was a mode of execution used not by the uh, ancient Israelites or by other, other nations like the Persians, but invented and brought to the height of perfection by the Romans in the New Testament era. So it certainly would have hit the disciples like a ton of bricks to have Jesus introducing this concept of the absolutely most, um, uh, not only most painful, but most degrading kind of punishment to be meted out to them because they were following the one they knew to be the Lord. Uh, Brian's sermon was excellent also in terms of its clear thematic emphasis. From the very beginning, he declares the cross to be the mark of the Christian faith, and that was carried through the entire duration of the sermon. At every turn, at every moment, it was very clear that he was talking about the cross and its application. Uh, certainly, the cross of Jesus Christ is the primary focus. Uh, what Jesus has done by going to the cross, by Trudging that road that would move from Matthew 16 to Matthew chapter 27 when he would be crucified is always the driving force. But it's also true that in these subsequent verses to the pericope, verses 24 through 28, the focus has shifted from the cross of Christ, which makes all things happen, to the crosses borne by the disciples. In uh, the previous verses, earlier in this same chapter, beginning back at verse 13, Jesus has told the disciples that he would suffer, and uh, that uh, that was the nature of his being the Christ, the, the promised Messiah. But then, And that already meets with objections from Peter in verse 22. Peter did not want Jesus to suffer, but probably the reason Peter did not want Jesus to suffer is then brought to, to clear prominence in what Jesus says in this this text, beginning in verse 24, Peter didn't want Jesus to suffer, certainly because he loved Jesus, but also because he knew if his leader was going to suffer, then there would not be the kind of glory for him and the other disciples that they were hoping to have. Now, here in verse 24, Jesus makes it very clear that it's not just a matter of not being glorified in human terms and worldly terms, but that instead there is going to be suffering, which will even bring pain and death to to Jesus' own followers. And so to pick up that theme of the cross as as Pastor Wolf Mueller did from the beginning and carry it through throughout the duration of the message was was very, very effective. Um, It's also true that Pastor Wolf Mueller's message cut through the the superficial, kinds of issues that may be in play uh, in our lives he said very clearly that god does not promise to take us out of the world of suffering the way every other religion seeks to do and the way other discipleships will will seek to do but instead uh, he delivers us from those sufferings after we pass through them by bringing us to the newness of life with Christ, that as we suffer with him, we will also be raised with him. And so while the law, that is the suffering that, that we will experience in life, is, uh, is proclaimed, also the gospel of our being delivered from that suffering was, was very, very clear in the message. The one thing I would say now in comparing the two sermons, I think it's time for me to, to give a verdict, Please. is uh, that Pastor uh, Wolfmuller was uh, immensely theological, very, very rich in his uh, treatment of the text, but in the uh, the short duration of preparation that he had, he did not give the particular kinds of, of contemporary applications that Pastor Swirla did. I, I was really taken by the bankruptcy issue that Professor Swerla brought up, uh, that uh, Pastor Swirla brought up. Um, it, was, uh, it was really, I think, extremely effective for today's hearers to hear uh, the, the message of discipleship proclaimed in terms of uh, contemporary issues. And that's not to say, as we mentioned in our uh, critique of, of Pastor Swirla's message, that God promises answers to all the, the superficial daily things of life that we would like, but to to see the cross and its eternal significance in light of contemporary issues is very, very helpful. And so ultimately, I would say this, we had two dynamite messages here, both very, very strong, textual, clear, uh, the law and gospel being proclaimed with the gospel, certainly winning out. But I, I give the edge to the challenger in this case <laughs> oh, because of his, his way of applying it to the contemporary situation.
3: All right. Well, Congratulations, Pastor Swirla.
4: I'm deeply honored uh, and and, and humbled. You know, Brian, what what are people going to think when they realize we can do this in 10 minutes?
0: (laughs) Keep that our little secret, gentlemen.
2: Oh. I'm, I'm afraid that <laughs> that's all the time we have. Pastor Swirla, thank you for being the challenger and thank you for humbling my
0: co host.
4: <laughs> it, it was a privilege.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then, and uh, Dr. Fred Kincher, it's a pleasure always to have you on the program.
0: A delight to be with you again, Evan.
2: Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Check us out on the website, tabletalkradio.org, and we'll see you next time on Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio, where the points our audio
1: (laughs) you've been listening to table talk radio the views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station we would like to answer your questions concerning theology the scriptures or anything else send your questions to questions at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message 866-851-5523 be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.